You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. Today's show is going to be an extra special show because it's going to be a lot of channeling. For those of you who don't know, I channel um, a group of entities called the librarians and they are my guides and they assist me not only in making decisions in my personal life, but they also assist me in helping the clients that I coach. And yes, I do coach specifically women around infidelity and betrayal. Um, I work with women who are really determined to recover, to let go of the obsessive thoughts, to come back to life again, and to find joy and happiness and connection in their life right now so they're not stuck in that endless cycle of feeling like they're broken and that they need to heal and that life is just miserable. So this group of questions that's going to be asked to me today is a group of questions that my uh, best friend and client, Cindy, is going to be asking me. Now, what's really interesting about these questions is they all relate to the idea of toxic masculinity. And I don't know the questions that she's going to ask, but as you can imagine, in our lifelong friendship, we have had many comments about why are men so toxic? Why are they doing this? What's this whole male-female dynamic and what does it mean? What does it mean for us as women? What does it mean for men? And what does it mean with the struggles that we go through? So I have asked her to kind of come up with some questions um, around the idea of toxic masculinity and um, relationships, which she has done. And like I said, I asked her specifically not to share the questions with me. So when she asks them, I can channel the answers instead of using my own headspace and knowledge, um, but instead to go to the librarians and to ask them what it means for them. So with that, we will just see what happens as this unfolds. So bring on the questions. All right. I am actually so excited to hear from the librarians. <laughs> I am too. Alrighty. So the first question, um, and as we go through these, hopefully, you know, they, they'll become more specific. But okay. again, just to let your audience know that it kind of starts off a little bit more general and then... Hopefully we can get some more specific answers from the librarians. Okay, perfect. So with that said, the first question is just in general, why is there so much masculine toxicity present right now? Okay, let me check into that. This is a rising energy. Um, what the librarians want all of us to know is, wow, it's not that it's masculine toxicity. It is an energy being carried in by the warriors of, oh, I'm, I want to cry over this, an energy being carried in by the warriors of our planet. Um, toxicity is a very difficult emotion for a soul to be in. 
souls are as we think of them, pure light and love from the divine. And for a soul to carry in toxicity takes a warrior spirit, takes a warrior energy. And it is something that is being brought in and is arising on our planet specifically so not so it can be transmuted. Transmuted is the result. So the people who are here can learn how, can reconnect with their own divinity, to learn how to manage around it and not get sucked into it. So eventually it can be transmuted and we can all be closer to the truth of who we are as souls. So it is being brought to the planet right now by many of the men, but also by a lot of the women as well. But it's being brought in by warrior souls to give everybody the challenge of learning how to manage themselves in the face of this toxicity so the warring energy around toxicity can be cleared by our increased ability to handle it. All right. Um, so the next question kind of ties to, and, and you may have already answered it with your first channel, but is it prevalent because society as a whole now sort of rewards that masculine toxicity, you know, with our political leaders and a lot of the prevalent um, business leaders? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes, although some of that has been answered, there, there, there's more to that. The reason it's being rewarded is because people don't know what to do with it. And the first reaction of many people is that they don't want to fight it because they know it's not something that they can fight. So then what do you do with it? So many in our world have rewarded it almost in hopes that it will go away. The example that they're showing me is literally an, uh, an outspoken, obnoxious child in a classroom who is like, you know, teacher, 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 I need a teacher, teacher. And the teacher, one of the responses that a teacher can do is to say, it's okay, little Billy, you, you're great. And to just praise them so they will sit down and feel fulfilled and be quiet. And then the teacher can go on with the rest of the lesson. So much of the praising that we have going on is society wishing that these leaders would sit down <laughs> and be quiet and go away. Mm. However, in doing that, it has not had the desired response. There's a desired response is for them to sit down and be quiet. And instead of that, it has created the need, and they are specifically saying the need for bigger, louder, more toxic behaviors to come forward. Because the response is not to praise. The response is not to ignore. The response is to manage your own uncomfortable emotions around that. So unfortunately, on a world level, we are going to get louder 
before we get softer. We are going to get so loud to the point that not one of us can stick our head in the sand to the point that not one of us is not feeling extreme stress, burnout, angst, sadness, because the point is for all of us to start feeling our uncomfortable emotions and to go deep within and to finally develop the skills and the tools and the abilities to handle our own discomfort. And they're very clear, it's not only just handling it, it's also then stepping into our own happiness. And to be happy even when all these things are around us. And when the, the picture they're showing me is people dancing in a field and that we're all literally dancing and we're throwing uh, flower petals around and we are enjoying even though they're and, and they're showing me bombs again it's that even though there's bombs going off around us it's that we can still be happy in the field with those who want to dance in the field with us okay um so yeah, that, we'll come back to some of what you just channeled as uh, we get into a deeper question. But um, I know from my personal experience, so this is a question I would love to have channeled as well as um, the patriarchy of religion sort of contributing to that implicit permission for male toxicity. Mm -hmm. So what... Oh, wow. What they're showing me is religion was is a paradigm. And it was a paradigm that was brought in um, on the positive side. It was brought in to show, to show the masses how to do it, to show the masses their divinity, to show the masses how to be humble, how to serve others, how to bring everybody together, how to worship life, how to do all of these beautiful, loving, connected things. So that's the positive reason religion was brought in. It was brought in as a tool to give people hope, to help people move through fear and difficult times with that understanding of everything. That is the positive reason that religion was brought in. And for all of those positives, one, that gift was misused. That gift, instead of saying, here's the tool and serving it up, now run with it, instead of <laughs> proverbially teaching people how to fish by saying, here's religion, here's how you do it, this is how you can do it on your own, it was turned on its head by people with, and the word is perverse ideas, about how to maintain control. So they used the same control mechanism, this beautiful gift of how to connect to your divinity, and they turned it into a control mechanism of you can only connect to your divinity through me, through religion, through following these rules, through following these principles. And not only did they draw in that control, but then they also put this layer of guilt and shame on top of that, which cut people off from their own divinity and literally crippled the masses. So it came in as a beautiful gift of how to do it. 
and it has been twisted and perverted into something that instead of empowering people, paralyzes them. Okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting to hear. And I agree with everything that's good. Along comes the, the bad. Mm -hmm. um, so the next question I want to tie into is just in general, does... And, 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 and more is coming in on that last question, if, if, if we can go back to it. Because what they're saying is that they're, they're giving you, the author of the question, gratitude. And they say they're, they're not even sure if they realize that you did this, but the parallel of the toxic masculinity and the toxic religious systems are the same. And they are congratulating you <laughs> for the parallel on that because both systems are bringing in something for greater good and both systems have been perverted. And the response to that in both systems has been a, a twisting and a praising of things that shouldn't be praised because we don't know what else to do about it. So I'm uh, so, sorry to interrupt, but but they they very much want you to recognize the parallel that you brought in was very was was genius was well done. That's interesting because that was the very last question as I was preparing for this that came to me yesterday. Wow! And it felt very powerful to me yesterday that it needed to be in here. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So again, kind of going along with this idea of how we're forming. Um, I'm just asking a little more questions around it. Um, so why as a society culturally do we sort of, and I think you sort of answered it because we don't really want to acknowledge it, but why do we turn a blind eye towards masculine toxicity with excuses such as boys will be boys? Um, and is that also sort of allowing that permission and acceptance of the masculine toxicity when we adopt that cultural behavior? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Thank you for bringing in the phrases, not only boys will be boys, but turning a blind eye. Because in order to address so much of the toxic masculine, what they're showing me is so many elements of our society will have to be brought down. Um, among them, religion. And by bringing, by saying brought down, they want to be very clear. It's not that we're taking a sledgehammer and we're destroying things. We're not that the picture they're showing me is we're not destroying the stained glass. We're just putting it in its proper place. Um, governments will have to change. Religion will have to change. Um, commerce will have to change. Um, the relationship of the world and the people in the world to each other will have to change. They're also saying our relationship to our planet will have to change. There's so much that will have to change. Oh, the institution of marriage will have to change. There's so many things that have to change and our souls know it, our intellects know it, we can see. And it's so hard to raise boys in a new way, to raise girls in a new way. Because when we're asking a child to do something differently, we're asking them to push back against the very culture that they live in. And we recognize that that is too big of an ask, oftentimes. And that we can't even give our children the proper tools. We can say, 
treat people like this or express your emotions. But then we know, okay, so if we're telling, teaching our boys about compassionate, being compassionate and expressing their emotions, then all of a sudden we're, we're crossing into perceived sexuality because then we're, we recognize that perhaps our boys now will be perceived as, and again, the use of terms, the use of human terms is so frustrating, but, but as a, as a gay boy, as a transgender boy, and then that we're telling our boy, okay, we're, we're, we're expressly telling you to go do something that is not appropriate, culturally appropriate, and that now you will be judged differently and that there's implications on that as well. And it, it's just too big. It's too big of a, a mishmash because it brings in too many different things. And that's why we're ignoring it because it's too big of an ask. But then that is bringing up what they're showing me is like a grittiness, a sandiness in our own solar plexus and our own center of power because we're complicit in maintaining and enforcing all of these paradigms that don't work for any of us and that's why circling back around to that original question that's why it's getting worse because it has to get worse to the point that we have to do something about it because the pain of doing something about it now is greater than the discomfort of living in it so we have to get to the point where the discomfort of living in it is so bad and the pain of living in it is in so bad that that is less painful than changing it so we we have to it, it's that pain balancing we have to it has to get so bad that we cannot do it another day that the pain of change is less than the pain of living in it and humans don't like change and that goes down to the bottom line we don't like change Wow, that's encouraging, but also discouraging at the same time that it has to get worse before it's going to get better. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to, you, in that last question in the channel, you were talking about um, how things need to change and specifically in relationships. And that's kind of the direction of these next questions, specifically in the role of females in regard to this. So uh, why is society so quick to condemn misconduct? of females if the same toxic behavior is exhibited? Why do we have this moral double standard? For instance, you know, there's a prevalent acceptance of men being just guilty of selfish exuberance, whereas women, we're guilty of failure to communicate. It's easier for women to acquiesce. Mm -hmm. Why do we have that double standard? What they're showing me is there, there, there's a lot on this first of all the question gendered norms are frustrating because we have them and we have a double standard and they're also saying the real question is who is carrying in this this energy and it's the warriors souls who are carrying in this energy of toxicity to poke and prod and they're showing it's like a burr under the saddle so it's the warriors who are carrying in this burr to be the burr to make us so uncomfortable that we have to do something about it. And they're showing me a couple things. Many of the female souls have not carried in this energy. 
specifically because the antidote to this energy is what we view as more feminine behavior. And we have the problem on one side of the coin and we have the solution on the other side of the coin. And when we see those souls, female identified souls, as carrying in the solution, when we see them carrying in the problem, we get angsty (laughs) and we get very double angsty around seeing that because they're supposed to be the solution. And then we almost panic. If you're supposed to be the solution and you're part of the problem, we're all lost. So there's part of that going on. As a part of that, they're showing me very clearly that we know what we're in for. We signed up to be here as part of this transition at this place in history. And some of that is just our own personal discomfort that, wait, this isn't what's supposed to happen. We're going off off script here. And some of that is just that panic. And that's why we get judgy sometimes around things. It's like, oh, you're off script. Get back on. Get back on track. That's, that's not what I signed up for. That's not what I signed up for. So there's all part of that. There's also a layering. And I think this is interesting. There is mistrust over will this solution work? And there's a lot of stress around will will the female solution work? If we all live in ways that are traditionally seen as more feminine and more unified and more caring and all that, will that really work? And there's an underlying fear of will that really work? And the warrior souls, the male souls who are bringing in a lot of this toxicity know that their job is to bring it in and they're the ones that have to create the greater change. And there is still the ego-driven fear of once I create that greater change, I will be emasculated. I will be cut off at the knees. I will not be powerful. And even though it's painful for me as a soul to bring in toxic energy, at least I am shining bright in this energy. And there's a fear that they will disappear, that they will die if they move into a more healthy way of being. That is not the truth. The truth is they will be more powerful. But it's hard to fully understand that when you're being asked to lose a piece of your identity. And again, it's that change. Humans don't like change. And the souls that are bringing in toxic behavior are being asked to lose a piece of their identity. And that is painful for them. So I will rephrase this question based off of what the librarian said. Um, collectively, can female energy help diffuse what we can say is more prevalent as the masculine toxicity energy? And how can we embrace those healthy expressions of emotions and desires? Mm-hmm. Um. 
as long as, and this is, the, 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 they're, they're telling me this is a little bit of a, a roundabout way to get to the answer to your question, but it will answer that. The, the answer, the, the, the simple point blank answer is unity, oneness, accepting everything and a complete embracing of that. As long as we are in a fighting stance, we will always be in a fighting stance. As long as we are fighting them, whoever the we and whoever the them are, it will be a constant push-pull. They recognize that it is so difficult for those who are in a place of disempowerment. And as they say, there are many women in a place of disempowerment. There, there, there is much, they're saying there is much disempowerment on our planet right now, even many disempowered men. But any who is in a, dis, a place of disempowerment, it's terrifying and potentially dangerous for us to say you need to soften more and you need to embrace your captor. And yet, it is softening and embracing your captor from a place of power that is going to solve this problem. And that is done by recognizing the inherent power in all of you that cannot be taken away and daring to express that power. What they're saying is nobody is truly disempowered because power is inherent within all souls. The problem is the expression of that power and the belief in that power and the connection and the knowingness of the person to their own power. So the trick is in getting all of us all of those who have suffered abuse, who have suffered disempowerment, who have been captured, squelched, anything like that, to unify and to step into our own power so it is no longer taken. Because what they're saying is whenever your power is taken, and it's not to blame the victim, but on some level, you have agreed to let your power being taken. And it's going within and reclaiming that and becoming stronger about knowing how to not let somebody else take it again from a place of true power, which is not fighting. And they recognize this answer has been very difficult to express and difficult to hear and also difficult to understand because it brings up again, just like in how do we manage toxicity, it brings up so many different levels and so many different layers. And it's not to blame the victim. It's not to put the extra work on the person who is already struggling. But it's to have our eyes opened 
that it is our birthright and that power is our birthright. And it's not about extra work. It's not about doing more. It's about owning your birthright and taking your crown. So there might be some overlap from the librarians with this last question because that was about collectively as, as sort of that female energy. Mm-hmm. But this one is more tied to individually as females and the relationship. So often we get hurt by that masculine toxicity and often as the females in the relationship deeply wounded as a result. Mm-hmm. And I know it's my personal experience and observation of female friends that too often there's two reactions. We either react to that male toxicity with a highly charged negative reactive response, mm-hmm. which is feeding, feeding it. the toxicity, or we sort of experience that pain and hurt internally and then sort of try to allow the men to learn from that experience and then sort of justify it and have hope later with, well, we had a good talk, things are going to be better now. So in our individual relationships with that, how can we diffuse the male toxicity and still stand strong and confident in our feminine power and self-worth? Such a good one. Okay. <laughs> and again, this is this is one of those much to say places because there are there are so many variations on this same theme. So what they say they will do is kind of start with the overarching response and then become a little bit more granular as as we go. What they're saying first is they are asking all all of us who are hit by toxicity to notice our response. And when we notice that response, to feel how that response feels in our truth as a soul. Because what they're showing me is kind of neither of those responses feel good from an empowered, divinely connected space. They are both very hands up. I don't exactly know what to do. And they are both responses that have been culturally learned, but that are awkward and don't really make sense when we actually start noticing and thinking about them. And as a human, the Laura part of me doesn't completely understand that response. <laughs> um, but the librarians are very, very clearly showing me that that, that, is, that is a cultured response and that we are not seeing the truth of that situation. And It's difficult because even even as they're showing me, as on, on a human level, it's it's difficult to understand what they're showing me. What they're showing me is when somebody is coming up to you, to us, with toxicity, we can identify that toxicity in them. 
And that that's what we're being called to do. We're being called to, to witness that toxicity, to see that toxicity in them. And the, the question they're raising is why, why are we taking it on? Why are we taking it on? We're witnessing that toxicity in them. They are putting it on us in a relationship. We are, we witness it in them and we can see it in them. And when we are energetically boundaried and we're not taking it on, they will not continue to give it to us. We might not want to be in a relationship with them. There is no question that they're showing me there's, there's no series of choices. There's no being in that waiting place. There's no trying to figure it out. What, what it is, is when we healthily witness, wow, somebody's got a lot of toxic behavior. They're bringing it towards me and we don't own it and we stay boundaried. It doesn't impact us. And we continue on doing whatever it is that we need to do. And it doesn't matter if we've had a good conversation or not a good conversation. We might not engage in somebody who is toxic because our energetic boundary is so pure in that moment that it's not a place that we would go. And their decisions do not become our problem and we legitimately don't care because we literally don't feel it because it's not us, it's them. And then it's so clear that this is somebody that I want to be around or this is somebody that I don't want to be around. And that is also how we help heal is the wrong phrase. And that is a phrase that comes in for a lot of females on the planet at this time. We're not helping anybody heal, but we can reflect back what they are bringing to us. And if we are constantly reflecting back, I reflect back that, I reflect back that. Not creating more negativity, but just reflecting what people are bringing to us. It keeps us pure and it cripples their ability to continue to spew toxicity to others because now they are holding it all and their arms are full and they have to set down the toxic behavior and become healthier people. So our, I hate to use the word job, it's not a job. Our best option is to always be a loving, lovingly reflect things back. We don't take it, it reflects. They bring us love, we reflect love. We continue because we're creating more. Somebody brings us toxicity, we share that back with them it becomes their burden. We continue on. We are not the emotional dumping ground for other people. And that's one of the problems with so many souls on the planet right now is we become the toxic dumping ground. And there, there, there's, there's a lot of humor in this. Um, they're connecting to this and they're, they're really laughing. They're like, see, see, <laughs> we, we have literal, a literal waste problem on our planet. We have too much pollution. We have too much plastic. We have too much waste. And we don't know what to do with all of our waste. And we keep shifting places. The dumps have become full. Then we try to bury it. Then we get earthquakes. We are talk there is talk on the planet right now of shipping our waste into space. It doesn't go away. And that's how it is in relationships and with our emotions too. Mm -hmm. 
we can't we can't keep creating it and then shipping it off somewhere it has to go back to its source mm. only i can clear my waste only you can clear your waste think about many of the toxic situations leaders on our planet even even with the situation with war with you know ukraine with all of these different things it's the conversation on the planet is around who comes to whose aid who helps out who does things it's we are not saying that you don't help other people where you can we are not saying that you that it's it's what you know rugged individualism for everything that that's not it we are a joint planet. We are a joint people. We are all here for each other. And our task, this is the crux of it all. Our task is to assist each other in managing our own waste. How can I, as a country, help you as a country manage your own conflict? How am I, can I as a person help you as a person manage your own toxicity? How can I as a person help you as a person manage your own fear? We are here to support others in managing our own stuff. It's when we try to solve other people's problems that we get into a problem. Because it's all about us. And it's all about managing ourselves. And of course we can need help. It's, it goes back to earlier in the conversation, the phrase came out, teaching to fish. It is about teaching other people to fish. Hence why we're li beautiful, beautiful connection, which is again why religion was originally brought in. It's a tool to help people manage their guilt. It's a tool to help people manage their fear, to manage their big worries. So we have big worries. Here's something that you can use. You can use prayer as a tool. You can use meditation as a tool. You can use confession as a tool. You can use spirituality and communion as a tool to help you manage your own grief, guilt, anxiety, fear. But then the problem becomes religion is not the tool to manage it. Now it's become about the church. The church will do it for you. The church will absolve you of your sin. The preacher or the priest or, you know, whoever, they will do it for you. No, they won't. The Bible will do it for you. No, it won't. None of the tools that have been given to you will do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. They're saying you can confess, you can do whatever it is that you do, but unless you process it inside, it's worthless. So it's about having you do it for yourself. And that, that, that's the humor and the love that the librarians say is, is what happens around this, that it's not happening within, so within as without, so within, as above, so below. It's happening within us. It's happening on our planet. The environment has become a huge concern. But the environment externally is mirroring our environment internally. Yeah. It's all the same. It's all doing it for ourselves and assisting other people in doing it. And there will be continue to be more questions around this and more conflict around this in terms of ch charity. Charity, they're, they're saying, is such a negative word because, again, it's not just throwing money at people or throwing resources at people or throwing religion at people. We can't throw 
We can't throw any of those things at people. Throwing charity, religion, resources, help, any kind of help at people cripples them and brings them down because they don't know how to do it. We have created, wow, we have created less powerful people in serving up all of these things that we even realize. And part of the breakdown, again, going back to earlier, the breakdown of society, of of religion, of commerce, of government, of all that, comes to we have to do it ourselves. And then when we know how to do it ourselves, that's when we can start connecting and rebuilding in a healthy way. Because I have different skills and you have different skills and I can teach this for you and you can teach this for me, but we have to process it ourselves. We have to manage our own waste. They're saying it's a closed ecosystem. It really is a closed ecosystem. We have to do it all for ourselves, around ourselves. That was a lot. Wow. (laughs) That was so much to take in, but just even hearing that answer, it just rings so true and it's making me really emotional. Yeah. Um, To know that the work isn't necessarily even our, what we think of as gender roles. It doesn't really matter. It's our own individual work. Yeah. And I absolutely loved that we can't, we have to stop creating the waste within ourselves. Yeah in order to collectively get rid of the waste around. Yeah. And that's why, that's why originally it was said that the warrior souls are bringing it in because they're bringing in this toxicity as a challenge, as a learning challenge. How are you going How are you going to reflect this back to me to manage? What's yours? What's mine? So there is definitely the separation of who does it belong to? And even looking at our toxic leaders, what is theirs and how do we reflect that? And then what is it bringing up in you? And that goes back to that question of noticing your response and noticing how it feels in you. Because if the response it's a cultured response. It's a learned response. It's not your authentic soul's response. So clarifying then, if that's the cultured response, what are we looking for in that authentic response? What does that look like? I'd like to know. Yeah. (laughs) The librarians. Yeah. I would like to know that too. Um, There, there is a different soul response for every soul based on each soul's Mm -hmm. strengths and based on each soul's ability to use tools to transmute your own pain. So that's why it's not one simple response. Um, Because we all would love that simplicity of saying, just say bibbidi bobbidi boo when it's over. (laughs) And and, and it's what is that bringing up in your soul? Because when, when toxicity is presented to you, it infects your wounds. We have all been wounded differently. So what is that toxicity? What infection is being created? And the word is very clearly infection. What is the infection being created in you? And how are you going to heal that infection? For some people, um, for some people, the infection might be 
leaving a situation. For some people, the, it might require going deeper into the situation, but it is always, the two common denominators are always reflecting it back and re getting more granular with reflecting it back. It is starts again within you of knowing that's not mine and what that brings up in me is. That's not mine. What that brings up in me is. And what does it bring up in you? Does it bring up self-worth? Does it bring up fear? Does it bring up what is it that it brings up? And then what is the tool that you have to quell that fear? What is the tool that you have to increase your own awareness of your worth? And they're very clear that it's the awareness of your worth because a soul is always divine. A soul is always worthy. It's your awareness of your worth. So since this show deals a lot with, you know, infidelity and betrayal, so what does the betrayal bring up? Okay, let's see what is reflecting back. The betrayer is having pain. The betrayer has actually a lot of fear, a lot of insecurity. That's theirs. The reason that many women after betrayal feel insecure is because they're taking on the insecurity of the betrayed partner. It's not theirs. So I can reflect that back. I can reflect back that you cheated because you don't feel like you have a voice. You don't feel secure in the use of your voice. You don't feel secure. You don't feel like your needs will be met. You don't feel like you can move somebody else to take action <laughs> when you speak. You feel insecure, you feel pained, you feel all of these things. That's you. Reflecting it back is as simple as having the awareness of I see that what I see in you is. So what I see in you is pain, insecurity, fear, loss, grief, whatever. What does that bring up in me? What did that infect in me? Okay. What that infected in me is a self-worth issue that I have struggled with my whole life. How can I become more aware of my worth? What is a tool that can make me more aware of my worth? Perhaps it can be doing something like an accomplishment. <laughs> Perhaps it can be talking to people. Perhaps it can be meditating and reconnecting with source and reminding myself. There's all many different tools, but that's for you to know because what reconnects me to my awareness of my worth is different than what reconnects you to your awareness of your worth because our wounds were different. A wound that a betrayal can also bring up is, you know, abandonment again, which is kind of predicated on worth again. It can also bring up so many other different kinds of worries of what I have power to do and what I don't have power to do. So it's the reflecting back. This is your piece. What is it infecting? It's infecting in me my lack of agency, my fear of making a mistake. How can I transmute those within me? So it requires us to question and to take action. And it also requires us to fail 
which is why so many of us don't want to step into that next step. Because now we say, my wounds have been infected. Is it peroxide? Is it penicillin? Is it sunlight? Is it surgery? Is it we have to try all of these different things to find the remedy to transmute that? And it becomes a long game and not a short game. Which goes back to the very beginning of, so if we just ignore it, it's easier. Because I will just ignore it and move on. They're infected, but I can cover it up. I can put a bandage over that infection and nobody will know that it's there. I will put a shirt on over this infection and nobody will know that it's there. I can use better makeup to cover my pale skin and my red wound and nobody will know that it's there. So that's the ignoring. And that's that tipping point that this toxicity is bringing in. That it has to come to the point where we are so wounded and bleeding and pussy that we got to fix it. And we got to try three or four or five or 10 or 12 different things to fix it. I really loved that concept that it's the long game and not the short game. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes we feel like we found the answer. And then when we get that reflected back to us, it's like, but I've been working so hard and trying so hard. So I really appreciate the wisdom that we have to stay in it for the long game mm-hmm. and and not get complacent and not get discouraged. We just got to keep on pushing forward. Yes. And they're coming in very clearly that it is the long game for our benefit. That's what I mean. Yeah. It and, really and for is. For our benefit. Not for somebody else. Not else's. for somebody else. I, I was speaking, and I'm glad you clarified that they clarified yes. that. Yes. It's for our benefit to stay in it for the long game, even though sometimes it's, you know, when you feel like you keep on getting knocked down yes. or reflected, but to get back up and stay for the long game for our benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, a- a- again, because there's so much always divine humor the image that they're showing me and I don't even know if they make these but it was like a Tupperware toy that it was like a plastic ball and I think it was like red and blue that like a royal blue and had shapes the star Mm -hmm. the moon the square the circle and you put the shapes in that and that's what they're saying the the remedies are we get so hung up that the circle doesn't work the circle does it's okay just try a different shape Mm-hmm. Try a different shape. It's it's kind of fun. It's kind of a game. And the first time it's harder. And just as kids learn, we learn. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the long game. And they're saying the emphasis is on game. We don't want games to end because they're fun. It's the long game. It's not the long pain. <laughs> I like that perspective shift too from the librarians. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is so much talk about toxicity and because it, it, the, the light is on it and it's being brought in. But anytime we fight, we're going to get fight, a fight back. Anytime we play, we will get a play back. So play back. Don't fight. Any last questions or comments? No, I just, for me, the perspective is, is so unique from what I was, I had no, pers- you know, uh, perceived ideas of what would be said, but it's really ringing true to my inner source 
Um, and I like the positivity of thinking of it as a long game. It's not a negative thing. No, it's, it's not. positivity for all each of our individual benefits. So I'm really grateful. Yeah. For these answers. Good. Today. Thank you. Um, I am thanking the librarians and then shutting that connection. Um, because my human self feels really exhausted and relieved from that. <laughs> but there's a huge sense of relief. I literally am feeling a lot of weight off my shoulders. Um, so thank you for the questions and for going with that. Uh, listeners, I know this was a deep show, and I hope you feel that same palpable sense of relief uh, that I feel, and also a huge wash of emotions. Give yourself the time and the space to process. Um, they're telling me, Oh, and it's just bringing up so much, but they're telling me you'll probably have to listen several times <laughs> to really get the full, the full understanding of everything because not to be dramatic, but it, it, it's like the secret of life. <laughs> it's like the secret of the existence and how to do it. And it's a new tool and it's a new way of looking at things. So thank you for being here. Reach out if you have anything. Uh, Laura at LauraCheadle.com. L-O-R-A at L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E. Have a really fantastic week. Address it all within yourself. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are. Because who you are is always more than enough. Wait a minute. Before you go on, I've got something for you that you are going to love. It's the Sparkle After Betrayal Recovery Guide, a downloadable guide that shows you exactly how to untangle yourself from the past, powerfully reclaim your sexy, and re-choreograph your future one step at a time. The best part? It's free. And downloading it gives you access to our monthly support calls as well. What are you waiting for? Break out of the pain and get your sparkle on today. Go to nakedselfworth.com. That's www.nakedselfworth.com and get your guide today. Tune in next time to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle, and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 